Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, steady, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures. Because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hi everyone and welcome back to another summer series episode of It's No Secret. This is the last of our summer series episodes where we're taking a look back on our most popular episodes for the last year. And today we're chatting about one of our personal favourites and crowd favourites, investing in ourselves. We're answering the question of how do we justify the cost of investing in ourselves? Now this is a minefield and Christine and I have some really firm views on this, ones that we're looking forward to sharing with you and keen to hear your feedback on. We've also got a really exciting giveaway as part of this episode, uh, some vouchers for one particular listener to go and invest in themselves. So head over to our Instagram at it's no secret NZ and find out all the details on how to enter. Now enjoy the show. One of the reasons why it is so hard to spend money on ourselves is that we can't see the results immediately for most things. There's no instant gratification. Absolutely. And yeah. I think, you know, one of the things um, Luke and I were talking about this episode and he was like, it's like when I buy wine. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, <laughs> you know, if you add up all the little things in your life that you very easily spend money on and let's say like quite a reasonable amount of money when it all adds up. So for him, that's wine. He was like, he could easily go to the supermarket and he's had a tough week. He's like, you know, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to buy a couple of bottles of wine for, you know, the next week, whatever it might be. And they're going to be, let's say $35, $40 each. That's to be fair, that's quite an expensive bottle of wine for us, (laughs) but you know, let's say they're $35. That's, you know, $70 every fortnight that you don't even think about or question. And the thing is, is he knows when he buys that and then he comes home, you know, you're going to crack open that bottle straight away and you're going to know whether or not it's good and it's going to make you feel better and you have all of the lovely um, endorphins that you get from that and you feel wonderful. And it's like a really quick, you know, win and a hit of (laughs) endorphins (laughs) and feeling great. That's so easy to do and we get a lot out of it in that moment, but then we don't have that same instant hit of feeling good when we say commit as you just have to paying all this money to do something in the future. And whilst, you know, you might say you have this session tomorrow, you come out of that like first session um, for this program and you probably feel really good after that session, but you don't know in advance that you're going to feel like that. Whereas I think, you know, Luke knows when he goes and buys a $40 bottle of wine, he's going to be feeling great (laughs) when he's having dinner and, you know, eating it with his steak. He'll be feeling fabulous about that. And it's that that sense of like, you know, we can't see what these results are going to be. It's hard, I think, to imagine what great future us looks like. Does that make yes. sense? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was just thinking that he had to try wine once before, right? Yeah. Like he had to have oh. that beginner experience yep. at least once. Exactly. And, and you know, to continue with that analogy, probably had to buy the $15 bottle and was like, oh, this is not so great yes. to then work up to knowing that he's aspiring to buying the $40 bottle so that, you know, for special occasions or for something that he wants to just feel good about and get those endorphins. I think the other one worth mentioning on this that I thought was definitely relevant because it plays a lot into like the psychology of money is the whole idea of post-purchase dissonance. 
Do you know what this is as an I idea? I feel like it's a marketing term that I've come across. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely is. Plays into a lot of like marketing um, strategy, right? So cognitive dissonance is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially relating to behavioral decisions. So how this plays out in sort of our real life is often when we make a purchase point or a decision point about something immediately post the fact, so post-purchase, we have possibly an instant sense of regret or questioning around why we did that thing. And a really easy example of this is when you go and buy a new car, and this is like well-researched, so you go buy a new car, you've you know considered the decision probably for quite a number of weeks, you choose your car, you drive it out of the lot, and then all of a sudden you see all of these people over the next couple of weeks driving the same car as you. So, you you know, we have a Ford Ranger. You start to notice every other Ford Ranger on the road. Is it because there's more Ford Rangers on the road? No, it's because your brain is seeking out information to reconfirm to you that you've made the right choice. It's trying to combat the cognitive dissonance that is naturally happening after your decision that's, you know, causing some sense of like inconsistent thoughts or, um, you know, concern and it's seeking out external information to confirm to you that you've made the right decision. Now, that's quite easy to do when you buy a car. It's very hard to do when you go and drop $1,000 on skincare because <laughs> I could see Christine <laughs> looking fabulous or this like other lovely lady on the street looking fabulous, but I have no idea if she's bought the same skincare as me. That's also really hard to do with, say, therapy because how do I know or go and seek out like other information to reconfirm to me? Even with the gym, right, you only get that when someone else says to you, wow, you look really good at the moment, you know? And so, so it's true. like how do you – be aware that this is an actual phenomenon of how our brain works and set yourself up to have factors or pieces of information or confirmations after the fact that feed back to you to confirm that you've made the right decision. Can you thoughts That's on a- that? <laughs> It's like we almost need hype girls, right? You know, so it's like tell your friends that, you know, you say to me, Kat, I've made this decision to go and do this coaching course and then I find out that your first session is tomorrow so that then on like (laughs) Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I can text you every day and be like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you doing this coaching course. You're going to be the best version of you. This is so great. And you're like, I know what you're doing, but maybe that's what we need. We need that. Yeah, that's so true. Well, I guess I think you get that in some ways with coaching if you have a community around you because you're all kind of riding the bandwagon together. So maybe it is that piece about like finding an accountability buddy that also buys skincare, i.e. me and you, you know, (laughs) so then you can be like, oh my God, Kat, your your skin looks so great today. Fabulous. This is very true. I think that is a great suggestion and it fits into accountability buddies and just having at least one other person that is maybe on the same kind of journey or, you know, interested in the same kind of self-development investing in yourself that you're also doing. Yeah, I think. definitely good. And you will never know if you don't kind of speak about it. it is something mm. I will say is a lot of people can feel ashamed about investing money in themselves when really a lot of the people around you probably want to do it. They're just not allowing themselves to do it, right? So it yes. is same thing about just general money is opening up a conversation around that because you enable the people around you to do it too. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I that is very, very, very true because I think I just was telling you about how much money I was spending on skincare and like, looking good at <laughs> myself and then that started the conversation and I guess the thought process for you and yeah. then, you know, every, it's a real like ripple on effect. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, now, I know that you touched on the whole, you know, us understating our own value and being our greatest asset. So, do you want to talk us through what does that kind of mean? Yes, sure. So this is something that you've mentioned on previous podcasts is that um, we are actually a $1 million asset ourselves. So the example that you used is why are we so quick to insure um, our car or our contents or whatever else, but we're not Mm. willing to insure ourselves because we are our biggest asset. So if you take your lifetime earnings potential, that adds up to be a ton of money over time. And so you are really, really valuable. Um, So it is kind of taking that moment to realize that you are worth investing in because you're going to get back Heck what you yeah. put in. Heck yeah. Because I think about like your house as a comparison. Most people won't bat an eyelid to put a new lick of paint on like the walls of their bedroom to make their house better or, you know, upgrade a kitchen, whatever it might be. But yeah. then the idea of spending $1,000 to invest in your own, you know, mental health or growth, you're like, oh, no, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But why shouldn't you invest in this asset? Because if you're already worth a million dollars, why not make yourself worth more? Two million dollars. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> the world's your oyster. There's no upper limit on your self-worth exactly exactly no I I love the saying and I think it's really has been key for me also to change my mindset around not feeling guilty about spending that money because Mm -hmm. it is you it is an investment just as much as buying a house is or investing in shares or things like that it's just a different kind of investment it's just it's really changing the way you think about it more so absolutely continuing to regret it essentially yes yeah, no, I totally agree. I think as well um, it is it is worthwhile mentioning and we will definitely get into insurance on another topic <laughs> in yes. general, but, you know, only one in seven New Zealand households have income protection insurance to make sure that th- their income, so the value of you as an individual, is covered. And there's in total nearly one million households in NZ that would be vulnerable if they faced a long-term illness that stopped the major earner in the household from working. And I think that really highlights to me just how much of an issue this is in that people understate their own value. They don't have an appreciation of the lifetime value of you as an individual, what you can contribute, what you can earn, and they're afraid to spend money and invest in themselves because, for me, I know that Luke and I both have income protection insurance and we would never consider cancelling that. That is, I guess, like for us, you know, reframing it, you could look at it and think, oh, that is a cost and it is a cost, but at the bare minimum for me, I'm like, that's the minimum amount I should at least invest in myself because that's covering me. That's making sure that I can continue to earn what I'm earning should something happen to me. That's such a good point, actually, is looking at those repay- uh, those payments to your insurance as investing in yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if there's one thing you take away from this podcast, guys, it's like <laughs> at the bare minimum, go and invest in yourself and secure your incomes because you are worth it. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go do that. <laughs> Um, Now, this is one that I really wanted to talk about in terms of, you know, other things that we can do and reasons why we might struggle to 
investing ourselves so much. And I love this example and I'm hoping that this is going to be a bit of a lockdown challenge and I don't think we've talked about this before, Christine, so you're going to have to jump on board with this one. But, you know, maybe one of the challenges is is that we're sometimes just a little bit cheap. So how, and, you know, we've talked about this before, this whole idea of being cheap versus being frugal and how do we make sure that we're not falling into like a cheap mindset so that we do get on board with the idea of being able to spend money on ourselves and feeling confident about that. And we'll link to some of this in the show notes uh, on the website because there's a really good video where Ramit Sethi, who came up with this $100 challenge, um, talks through it on this YouTube video. So we'll link to that. But what I really love about some of the work that he's done is he has this thing called the $100 challenge. And I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to do this. So in the next 48 hours, we want you to spend $100 on something you love. And it cannot be spent on kids, pets or charity. It has to be spent on you. It should be meaningful and it should make you think. Now, the $100 amount also needs to be meaningful for you. So for some people, that will be a meaningful amount of money. For others, particularly if you're a high income earner, that amount may need to increase. It might be $300, $500, $1,000. In the example that Ramit was talking about this with Tim Ferriss, he was like, Tim Ferriss's amount would have a lot more zeros than $100. And for <laughs> him, he gave the example of his amount for this challenge is between sort of three dollars and $5,000. So it needs to be you know, relevant to you, but also needs to be meaningful and really, really make you think about what you want to spend it on. So, Christine, with that in mind, do you know what your meaningful amount would be for you? And do you have any ideas or kind of instant thoughts that come to mind of what you would spend it on? I feel like I've literally just spent this on myself. <laughs> <laughs> even better, even better. Yeah, I think I probably actually went above and beyond my meaningful amount. So, a meaningful amount would probably be something like four to five hundred dollars. Yep. something like that. Yep. But I've spent in the thousands <laughs> so, <laughs> on the personal better. development course. But one thing I will say is that I really struggle to spend money on clothes. Like I really mm. just do not like it. And I think it's because I, I find it really hard to justify the cost. And especially if you're going to buy one piece that's like more three times as expensive as what you could get, you know, you could get quantity over quality. So maybe yep. that's something that I decide to invest in as $400 and something nice to wear. Yes. <laughs> what yep. about you? Um, good question. I, so I think my meaningful amount would be probably about the same. I think when I was originally thinking about this, I was like, oh, $500 feels like a gut feel. But then realistically, I'm like, if I really wanted to push the boat out, I would probably try and increase it to like $800 because that for me, it's that balance between $500 I could quite easily spend, $800 starts to make me feel nervous, yeah. if that makes sense. And I think yeah. that's where you want to find that line of like, I really need to think about this. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and therefore, it's then really meaningful to me as an individual and really makes you think, okay, what do what do I really value about wanting to spend on myself? Um, yeah. And then in terms of what I would spend it on, Great question. To be honest, I think it would probably be one of those things that I always like talk about but never actually do. And in my mind, I would love, but I also always tell myself is like a bit too bougie. So example, you know, I'd spend $500 on booking into a day spa. You know, that's one of those things I'm like, I would love that so much, but I 
anytime I let myself think about doing something like that, I'm like, no, you don't need to do that. It's very expensive. Why Why would you do that? You know, yeah. so I think it would be something like that or it might actually also be clothes because as I think I talked on the show before about, I don't spend a ton of money on clothes and I tend to kind of be a bit ad hoc with that. Whereas if I was like, you know what, it's spring, let's get some colour into your wardrobe, let's feel fabulous, <laughs> look fabulous, you know, go and actually buy, as you said, something that's really, really um, meaningful. The other one would be a handbag, but that would be more than $800. $800, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes. But that would be meaningful it. for me. I would love that forever in a day. So yeah. <laughs> I just want to pause for a second because I was thinking when you were saying that you can't spend this on kids, pets or charities. Mm. And I, I think there's like a question to be asked around whether giving to other people is giving to yourself because mm. I think a lot of people can feel guilty often or like, you know, that's where you derive a lot of joy yes. is by giving to others and kind of, Yes. Whether that's in time or with um, dollars, do you mm. think there's a balance to find there? Like are we talking about investing in yourself only in yourself or can you do that through giving to others? That's such a tricky one. I I think that it's easier to default to giving to others. So in the you know situation of kids, a lot easier to go and spend money on your children, um, or even like family members, because you know there's a lot of psychology around the fact that we feel really good doing that, and also. You know, going back to what we talked about in the intro of this podcast, we're conditioned in society to think that we should give to others. It's a really good thing. It's an admirable quality to give time, give money, you know, be selfless, all of those sorts of things. I would say, though, it's like where's the line between becoming a giving martyr and <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, God, and, <laughs> and, you know, never really investing in yourself you know and I think that's what's so nice about this challenge is it's like that money has to be spent on you and I guess it's designed to really make you think around well how comfortable are you spending a meaningful amount of money on yourself where there's no benefit to anyone else but you and if that is something that makes you quite uncomfortable, then that's a feeling worth looking at and thinking about, right? Because it's like, why does that make you feel uncomfortable? What kind of guilt are you harboring there? Is this something that, you know, you've kind of been conditioned into? Is it not your natural stance? You know, do you just accept lots of things from other people. Thanks for tuning in to this summer series episode. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. For your chance to win the amazing vouchers that are on offer, head on over to our gram at It's No Secret NZ. Link is in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd also love for you to rate, review or subscribe on whatever platform you listen and share this episode with a friend. Catch you next week and very soon for season three.